Hey friends, I wanted to do a special podcast on a recording, a YouTube video that I did on COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Now the YouTube video was done on March 6th. And so I am updating the statistics here, just so you know, and then we're gonna go right into that video. So this is March 13th and the updated statistics, so a week later, uh, the coronavirus, there's been 139,005 confirmed cases as of uh, March 13th in the morning. There's been 5,116 deaths, uh, over 70,000, 70,727 people have recovered from the coronavirus. And so there's obviously still people that are dealing with the illness. Um, in the United States, where I live, there has been 1,832 total cases and 41 total deaths. In China, the, the new case rate has gone down a lot. So it's at 80,815 total cases. But uh, in the last day, there's only been 22 new cases, which uh, is a significant reduction overall um, in the, the rate that it was growing. And so uh, COVID-19 is all over the news. You guys are hearing all about it. And I want you to know that I'm not afraid of COVID-19, but there are things we need to do to take good care of our health. And in this uh, recording that you're going to hear this podcast, you're going to hear exactly what a virus is, how a virus replicates, and the best natural health strategies in order to make sure your body is strong and resilient. I talk about the best immune-boosting foods. I talk about intermittent fasting and how good that can be for your immune system. I talk about prayer, gratitude. I talk about good sleep. So you guys will get a chance to hear it all. So thanks again for being a part of my channel here. And I really hope this brings incredible value for you. So be healthy, be safe, and here we go. This is my coronavirus recording. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutritionist, and I'm the host on this podcast. And I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself. And on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. Hey guys, today I am talking about coronavirus. You've seen it all over the media. Well, I'm going to go through the symptoms, and I'm going to show you the natural solutions to keep your immune system strong. So if you do get the coronavirus, your body's able to fight it off naturally and build strong, healthy immune response. And so when we look at what a virus is, most people don't really understand what a virus is, but it's an infectious, obligate, intracellular parasite comprising genetic material, DNA or RNA, surrounded by a protein coat and or an envelope derived from the host cell membrane. So what this all means is that viruses are very, very small, 100 times smaller than bacteria. They actually get within the cell. So, ba so bacteria and other parasites um, live in organ systems like our intestinal tract and our liver and things like that, whereas viruses actually go within the cell. They don't have characteristics that 
you know, would make you think that they're living cells, but they actually live off of host cells. And so this is kind of how a virus works, goes in, so it slips into the cell, and then it injects its RNA, which impacts the cell's DNA and the actions of the cell. It replicates itself, and then it oftentimes combusts the cell or leaves the cell, and now you've got a whole bunch of different viral particles that then go and affect other cells. And so this is typically how a virus works. And our immune system knows how to operate against viruses. And so oftentimes we'll get a fever, right, which is actually heat, where our body's actually increasing the types of uh, immune cells that can hunt out and regulate viral particles, for example. So a fever is actually a response to a virus, uh, could also be a response to a bacterial infection or really any type of infection. And so that's normal and natural. So our body starts to respond and increase white blood cells in order to attack the virus. So we look at the coronavirus. It's a large family of viruses that cause illness from the common cold. So it's associated with the common cold. And a lot of people get certain types of coronaviruses and they develop a, the, the common cold. Now what we're looking at here is the coronavirus 19 or it's like COVD. VID-19 is the particular strain of coronavirus that we're talking about now. And it's in the same uh, family as MERS, which was in 2012. Also SARS, which was uh, identified in 2002, 2003. And those were both uh, spread from, from animals to humans. And that's what they're thinking as well <clears throat> with uh, this new coronavirus-19. <clears throat> it was identified in December 2019 in Wuhan, China. Now, the interesting thing is in Wuhan, China, there is also a virology lab where they make biological warfare. So viruses that could possibly be used to infect large populations of people. So there's a lot of individuals that believe that because the lab is there uh, in the same city as the food market where the a uh, strain of virus is said to have uh, developed or, or, or started, the outbreak started, a lot of people believe that it, it there's, you know, that could be the Chinese government possibly, uh, you know, poisoning their people and, and, and killing people. That's certainly possible. Uh, there's also ideas that maybe some of the lab animals, so scientists maybe sold some of the lab animals, rats or whatever, monkeys, uh, that people eat over there and people ate infected animals. And so there's also that idea. And so, you know, these are certain ideas that are out there. You know, we're going to take a little bit more of a middle ground and we just don't have enough confirmation, uh, you know, enough research on that at this point. But these are ideas that could, could be a man-made virus or it could be, you know, what, what the media is saying where it is, where it started in this seafood animal market and has spread to, to people uh, throughout from there. Now, at this point, what I want to say is that 95,000 people in 86 countries as of Friday, March 6th, um, that there's been 95,000, over 95,000 confirmed cases in 86 countries. There's been a little over 3,200 deaths. So overall, it's about a 3.5% death rate, which is, is high, obviously, but we always, always have to understand is that not everybody who's getting the symptoms of the coronavirus is actually going in and getting tested for it. And so a lot of people will get symptoms like a fever, like uh, you know, a dry or productive cough, 
um, uh, upper respiratory issues, sinus issues, diarrhea, GI issues. A lot of people will get these types of things and you know just deal with it at home. In fact, most people do. Most people aren't, don't run out to the doctor to get tested for it. So there could be hundreds of thousands of people. There could be millions of people all around the world that have gotten the coronavirus 19 and are just kind of dealing with the symptoms at home. And those symptoms can, can you know, they're typically saying about 14 days overall, you know, for the incubation period. So this is why when they're quarantining people, they're quarantining them for, for two weeks to kind of let it run its course. And you're going to typically notice symptoms within two to seven days, a cough, fever, again, trouble breathing, possibly a productive cough with mucus coming out of it, GI issues, kind of like if you had the flu, right? So it's very similar to that. Um, you know, it's certainly not going to feel good, but for some individuals, you know, they, they'll have mild discomfort. Other individuals will have moderate or severe discomfort. And certainly some people can die. Uh, most of the people that are dying are typically immunocompromised individuals, kind of like the flu. The flu kills a lot of people every year, but usually it's in nursing homes. Usually it's people in hospitals that are immunocompromised. So if you keep your immune system really, really strong, you shouldn't have fear of the coronavirus. Now, if you are in a nursing home or you're very immunocompromised, then you want to take whatever measures you can, staying inside your house, making sure you're washing your hands as much as possible. I mean, I think that's a good idea for, for most of us. Um, should we travel? Should we not travel? You know, I think you can, but you've got to really make sure you take good, good care of your immune system. And I'll talk about that as we go on in this presentation. So far in the United States where I live, there's been 225 confirmed cases. As of Friday, March 6th, there has been 12 deaths. So, and again, uh, 10 of those were in a nursing home. So when people are in nursing homes and they're elderly, they oftentimes are on a lot of medications that uh, that keep their immune system very weak. They're elderly. They're you know, nearing the end stage of life. They're going to you know, typically die within the next year or two of something. And you know, some sort of infection is oftentimes the case. So that does not apply to normal people. There hasn't been any um, reports of children getting the coronavirus and getting really ill and, and dying at this point. So could it happen? It certainly could, but I think it's going to be very rare. So really the key is we want to really take good control of our environment and our immune system. And so we know that coronavirus, kind of like the cold or the flu, um, is going to be spread by you know, shaking hands, uh, you know, coughing, you know, just basically saliva droplets with the virus on them, um, passing from one person to another person. And how does it Kill people basically, you know, if it, if you develop bronchitis or pneumonia, where your bronchial tubes and your lung gets severely infected, that could kill you. And so again, that's going to typically happen with somebody that is very immunocompromised. So I think that's the big thing. And what we always have to remember is this principle that your immune system is a muscle, and so when it encounters different viruses different bacteria, different pathogens, those pathogens have a job. Their job is to break down decaying matter. Our job is to not be decaying matter. And the way that we do that is actually strengthening our immune system, strengthening our body's internal resilience. And so when we encounter some sort of a common cold, uh, you know, a flu virus, bacteria, different things like that, these are all challenges for our immune system to get stronger. It's kind of like working out 
you know, we, we train our body, we work out, we actually break down muscle cells, we cause damage and inflammation in our system, but our body can get stronger and more resilient as it adapts to that. And that's really the same thing our immune system can do. So we want to support our immune system's ability to adapt and get stronger. Now, here are the main lifestyle activities that cripple our immune system. Too much sugar, too much carbohydrates, particularly processed carbohydrates. Um, sleep deprivation, not getting good enough sleep. Drinking unfiltered tap water. It's got chlorine, fluoride, all kinds of toxins. Staying indoors all day long. So being indoors for long periods of time, the indoor air can be really toxic. We're not getting good sun exposure. Um, you know, these are, are things that we, we do want to get outside, get fresh air. And then chronic dehydration. These are all very important uh, things that we want to be able to control. And so we know that our immune system, our white blood cells, need a lot of vitamin C in order to really work well. The problem is that insulin is the same, is the hormone that helps bring vitamin C as well as glucose and sugar into cells. And it's got a greater affinity for glucose or sugar. And so when our insulin is elevated or our blood sugar is elevated, it blocks our body's ability to get enough vitamin C into the cell. In fact, a blood sugar of 120, which um, is high, and if you had a fasting blood sugar of 120, we would say you're pre-diabetic, 126 or above would be diabetic. And so a lot of people don't have a blood sugar, fasting blood sugar in the morning, 120 or above. However, um, it, after you eat a high-carb meal, your blood sugar is going to go up to sometimes 200, 300. It's going to be way up. And that is going to affect your what, what we call your phagocytic index, which is the ability of the white blood cell to destroy viruses and bacteria. So we want to keep that immune system under control. We want to keep the immune system really being able to function well. So we don't want blood sugar imbalances and high blood sugar. So we've got to eat a lower carb, nutrient dense diet. So that's important. Stay off the sugar, stay off the processed carbohydrates. And supplementing with vitamin C can be really helpful. We know that sleep is extremely important. Sleep is when our brain detoxifies itself. And so we really want to support good, healthy, really good quality sleep so our body can take the trash out of the brain. And it's also very, very important for our immune system. Melatonin, which is the main sleep hormone, is one of the most important uh, compounds in our body for supporting our immune system. So good sleep is critical. We want to make sure we're drinking and hydrating our body really well. So hydration is very important for our immune system, for helping pump toxins out of our system, for our brain. It's so important for all the different metabolic processes of our body. So we got to hydrate well, but we want to make sure that we're not just drinking your typical tap water. So we know tap water has arsenic, it has pesticides, hormones, uh, fluoride. It's got all different types of disinfectant byproducts and, uh, and heavy metals in there, pharmaceutical drugs. We've got to avoid that stuff. So instead, we want to make sure that we're drinking really well filtered water. So I recommend something like a Berkey system, reverse osmosis, or hydrogen water, um, which actually acts to help buffer oxidative stress as well, as well as filtering it. So um, we want to make sure we're drinking good, clean water. Now, top ways to prevent the coronavirus infection, I'm going to go through all of these. Consume immune-supportive foods. I'm going to talk about my top eight. Good hydration with filtered water, good sleep, fresh air, daily movement. You want to keep your stress down and practice gratitude. Super important. 
You want to diffuse essential oils, use a garlic solve that you can do, um, and then key nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin D and zinc, um, things like elderberry, astragalus, and then a specific herbal support formula can help. And you can also do things like nebulizing, which is where you actually put a nebulizer over your mouth and you can nebulize vitamin C, you can nebulize uh, different essential oils, you can nebulize silver, so nano silver, colloidal silver, you can, you can nebulize um, you know, all kinds of things, glutathione, uh, you know, garlic, different things like that, essential oils. So that way it's getting right deep into the respiratory system as well, especially if you're noticing you know, bronchitis or pneumonia, it's a really good strategy. So top eight foods, lemons and limes. So squeeze some lemon or lime and put it in your water. Apple cider vinegar, I like to use that on a daily basis in my water, very good, supportive for the immune system. Garlic, have a big soup with garlic or add more garlic to your food, bone broth, mushrooms, okay, particularly your medicinal mushrooms like uh, shiitake, maitake, uh, lion's mane, uh, turkey tail mushroom, those things can be really powerful. Ginger, uh, another great one, ginger, really good for digestive system, really good for the immune system. Olive oil with the polyphenols and vitamin E and onions, along with garlic, they've got these sulfur compounds, things like allicin in there, quercetin in the onions that are really good supportive for the immune system. So we wanna make sure we're moving our body. So getting out and getting walking, um, certainly strength training or doing you know, intense exercise is important, but even just moving throughout the day, very good for the immune system. The immune system really depends on good hydration, circulation and lymphatic drainage. So movement is key for that, as well as obviously drinking water. So just an important component to good health. Uh, being in a state of gratitude, keeping your stress down and under control, and, and being in a state of gratitude is one of the greatest things you can do for your immune system, really helps support and strengthen your immunity. So really try to focus on what's, what's good in your life and, and uh, things that you could be happy about, and express that to the people around you as well. Do things, uh, serve other people around you, let them know how much you care about them, let them know um, you know, give them encouraging, encouraging words. And that can be really, really helpful for your own immune system as well as theirs. So be sure to do that. Really focus on good quality sleep, keeping your room cool, dark. I like to use a sleep mask, um, avoiding caffeine within eight hours of sleeping, not eating within three hours of sleeping. So don't eat late at night. Try to get some sun exposure. You know, here in Atlanta, it's been raining a lot. Today, we've got sun, which is amazing. It's beautiful. So when it's sunny, get out and get in the sun. Um, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes, ideally earlier in the day, morning, midday, somewhere on there. Um, sunset, not a bad idea to, to look at the sunset. That actually can help as well uh, with your circadian rhythms. You want to exercise regularly, but again, not late at night. You want to avoid bright light after sunset. So dim your lights, have dimmers on, turn lights off, put on more red lights, and then try to wind your body down after 9 p.m., right? So if you have goals after 9, you're not going to sleep well. So it's really important that you're winding your body down um, around 9 p.m. so you can get a good night's sleep. And every hour of sleep you get before midnight is equivalent to three hours of regenerative capacity, the same regenerative capacity of of uh, an hour of sleep after midnight. So going to sleep from, let's say, 10 a.m., or sorry, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., 
would be much more effective for you than sleeping from 1 a.m. to 9 a.m., okay? So you're gonna get better quality sleep if you do that. Now, essential oils, really good ideas for using essential oils. You can apply them on your body. You can put them in a diffuser, like I've got a diffuser here in my office where I've got things like peppermint right now that's uh, diffusing, which is really good because now I'm able to breathe that in. You can also use them in, in very small amounts for internal use. You can inhale them. You can just rub them on your hands and just kind of breathe them in, which, which is good. One drop, you don't need much. They're very strong. And those plant compounds are very, very good for your immune system, very good for your brain. Um, so really good stuff to be able to use. Now, a garlic salve recipe. This is a really good uh, recipe if you are dealing with bronchitis, chronic coughs, or pneumonia. So you take eight cloves of garlic, a third a cup of coconut oil, 10 drops lavender oil, put it in a blender, blend it up, and then you make it into, you know, basically kind of this oily, garlicky um, mash, right, that you put in a little glass jar. And then you can roll, rub it on the soles of your feet, all right? And then you put the socks on afterwards to kind of help hold it in place. And then you also rub it on your chest. And, that's, and then you repeat it every two to three hours. And that's going to seep into your system transdermally and have a powerful antimicrobial effect. So it can be really, really good health, healthy healing strategy for you. So again, the key is you blend these things up. You make, again, you know, this, um, this salve. And then you go ahead and you start to apply that to your body around your, on your chest, on the soles of your feet. Good ideas. Um, you know, you can obviously just put it on your arms, different, different areas as well, but typically a chest works best for getting it into that upper respiratory system. Now, vitamin C, huge fan of this. I recommend uh, doing something like three to five grams, two to three times a day. If you come down with the coronavirus, if you are, in uh, a state where you're just trying to prevent it, taking like one gram twice a day can be really helpful. But vitamin C, as we know, the immune system really needs that. And so getting that vitamin C into the system and allowing the immune system to be able to utilize that to help fuel itself and to help prevent uh, you know, viruses from, from growing can be really powerful here. So I definitely recommend vitamin C, usually one gram twice a day for maintenance. If you're just you know, in a state where you're like, hey, I really don't want to get sick right now, especially if you feel like you've got stress in your life, you know, as a normal maintenance, you could just do something like uh, 250 milligrams or 500 milligrams twice a day. But if you want to step it up, you could do a gram twice a day. And then if you do come down with something, doing something like three to five grams three times a day, getting it up in that 10 to 15 gram a day range is powerful. And if you have uh, loose stools, in fact, you can even go up to the point where you have loose stools. We call that the vitamin C flush. That's a sign where you're getting too much vitamin C and then you can drop it back. Um, you can do different forms. Liposomal, a lot of people like. A lot of people like. Um, I like a one-to-one -one vitamin C with bioflavonoid combo, right? Because the bioflavonoids, routine, these types of things, um, really, really powerful as well. And they synergize with the vitamin C. So that's a powerful, you can do whole food, vitamin C, whoever, whichever way you want to get it. Um, zinc deficiency, zinc is really, really important. So I would recommend adding in something like 20 milligrams of zinc. This time of year is a good idea. Um, a good 
zinc amino acid chelate, like zinc glycinate, okay, or bisglycinate, I think is a really good form. It travels into your system, is absorbed more effectively when it's got this amino acid carrier. But when you're zinc deficient, you're going to end up with poor immune response. And so there's a lot of people out there that are walking around with zinc deficiencies. It's a common deficiency. So we want to make sure we're addressing that. Taking some extra zinc can be helpful. You can also get zinc from things like seafood, okay? Eating, you know, wild caught fish and things like that. And for those of you guys that, you know, eat oysters, I don't. Um, but if you eat oysters or shrimp or something like that, you know, trying to get them wild caught, uh, they do have good for a, a good source of zinc, okay? Wild caught fish is a good source. Grass fed, organic, uh, healthy meats are a good source of zinc. But a lot of people aren't absorbing zinc very well. So taking some extra zinc can be help, really good for your immune system. If you come down with the coronavirus or some sort of cold or fever or flu, you can bump your zinc levels up. You could take, you know, 20 to 50 milligrams two to three times a day, okay? Ideally with meals, it works best with meals. Um, and that can be really, really helpful. Also, if you get the coronavirus, just eating light, doing broths, soups, stews, is very, very helpful as well, rather than eating big, large meals. That's, that, that would be helpful. Now, vitamin D, very, very important here. <clears throat> vitamin D is one of the most important things for your immune system. And so people that get frequent illness, right? That's a symptom of vitamin D deficiency. So taking vitamin D, I would recommend at least 1,000 IUs of vitamin D per 25 pounds of body weight. So for me, I weigh 160 pounds. I should be taking at least 6,000 IUs of vitamin D daily, especially during the winter. If I'm getting more sun exposure, <clears throat> then um, I don't need as much. But trying to get in, you know, five to 6,000 IUs, maybe 10,000 I use uh, a day of vitamin D, really good idea for a preventative approach. And then if you do get ill, taking something like 20,000 I use of vitamin D two to three times a day with meals can be also very, very helpful. Some people even do uh, upwards of around 100,000 I use for two or three days while they're symptomatic with a fever or a flu. So you can really bump it up. <clears throat> you don't want to do that for an extended period of time, but for a few days, three days, maybe four days max, getting it up around 100,000 IUs can really help support your immune system if you're symptomatic. Again, prevention, you know, if you're just trying to prevent, taking something like five to 10,000 IUs a day should be, uh, should be something you're doing on a daily basis. Vitamin D is always best absorbed with food, so taking it with food is a good idea as well. Um, a couple other key supplements I like. One is our Immunostrong Berry Liquid. This has basically got things like astragalus, Elderberry. So elderberry and astragalus, two of the best antiviral herbs that are out there. So really good things. It also has wild cherry. It has shiitake and maitake, which are powerful medicinal mushrooms. And it also has beta 1,3-D glucan in it. And the astragalus also, uh, not only does it support the immune system, but also is a very powerful adaptogen which helps give our body an ability to adapt to stress more effectively. So this is a great supplement. Um, it's kind of a berry flavor. A lot of kids love it. So this is what I actually am giving my kids right now to keep their immune system strong and healthy. I also give my children cod liver oil because it's got the vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids, and vitamin A. All those things really good for the immune system. So those are good things as well. And then it's always good to have you know, some sort of an herbal cocktail that you can have um, 
that's really helpful that you can just kind of spray into your mouth. So you can do things like silver, nano silver, colloidal silver. This Allertrex is one that I really like because it's got a whole bunch of different herbs and essential oils in it. Things like lovage, <clears throat> a eucalyptus, peppermint, lemon balm. So you can use your own essential oils and you can diffuse them. You can you know, inhale them like we talked about. Um, you can nebulize them. You can also get a, an easy spray like this, the Allertrex. Lungwort, it's got in there, orange, plantain, labellia. So these are some of the most well-studied herbs for supporting lung and respiratory health. So this is a simple, easy, just spray in your mouth kind of approach and uh, very, very easy to use and very, very good for helping shut down viral growth in the respiratory system as well as bacteria. So really helpful for enhancing uh, respiratory function. So I gave you guys a lot of tips and strategies, lots of facts here with the coronavirus. My takeaway is this. I don't think we should be afraid of it, but I do think we should be, um, we should have a proactive approach, really trying to support our immune system, doing the things we can do in our lifestyle to help support our immune system, getting good sleep, staying off of sugar and carbs, um, you know, eating well, eating good nutrient dense foods, trying to make sure we've got good filtered water and we're hydrating our body well, getting out in the sun, getting daily sun exposure, getting out and moving our body, all great things to help support the immune system. And then have some extra vitamin D, some vitamin C available. Have you know essential oils or something like this Allertrex or Immuno Strong Berry Liquid. Um, you know, try to have some of these things available that you can be utilizing to make sure that you know you're, you keep your immune system strong, and if you do get symptomatic with anything, you've got some really handy tools available for you. So hopefully this has been helpful, guys. Uh, I've got a great article that has all the research, everything you need um, that you can check out below, and also uh, links for these different products, as well as a coupon code Jockers10 that you can use at checkout if you want to purchase anything from our store. So. Again, hopefully this is helpful. Please give me a like. You know, if you haven't subscribed, please do and hit the bell button. So that way you get the notifications when it, whenever I post a new video. I've got a lot of great stuff coming for you here in the future. So definitely do that and leave any comments, any questions, comments, concerns that you have. And uh, we'll be happy to go back and try to address as many of those as we can. So again, guys, until my next video, be blessed, everybody. Stay healthy, stay strong, and remember that your life is more valuable than you think. So take care and uh, prioritize your health. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.